Today's 35 degrees. Uh, very cold. Very cold here in New York City. You know, my Brr. nipples are chafing. Oh, my nipples are always uh, cold. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Straight to the Mat. This edition, the over or not episode. Uh, so in this episode, we're gonna yeah we're gonna talk debate failed runs in the WWE. Um, as always, it's your host Ravishing Rick, along with the Cerebral Analyst, the Ness. All right, so in this episode, we're gonna basically just like break down and debate past, current, or future endeavored superstars who had the it factor, but just like didn't quite get over. Um, you know, uh, many reasons this can happen. Um, you know, it could be anything from like homegrown talent, guys who came from WCW during the Evasion, uh, ECW, Impact Wrestling, you know, uh, indies, you know, indie darlings, uh, guys from Japan, overseas, whatever. Um, you know, the, some of these guys, they, they had that it factor. Maybe some of them should have been bigger than they were, but they just didn't get that title run. Maybe they didn't get that shine or... Maybe the WWE was just trying to bury them because they were in a product that they created. So you know, we're just uh, you know we're just gonna discuss it. You know, we're gonna see which guys you know had they reached their full potential. You know, uh, things could have gone their way a little more. You know, plenty of reasons we could discuss. But uh, you know, that's our topic today. And uh, how about with you, Ness? Let's let's start off. Who do you who do you think's a superstar? Who you know? Well, well adding to what you said, you know, uh, like you said, the superstars that should have been top guys or even females in the business but they weren't they were either you know locked in that mid card or lower card but and it's a shame because some of the rest of even now that should be at the main event storylines and main eventing pay-per-view after pay-per-view or not um this could go way back from like even the 90s probably even before that like even before that we can we can, we can probably look at the history of the non-big pushes? Yeah, just the business, I'm sure. Like, whether it's a WWE, WCW, anywhere, right? I mean, look, if we didn't, like, if we, we're going to strictly focus on the WWE in this episode, but even if we did something like a WCW, I mean, there are guys like Brian Pillman, Steve Austin have just come to mind. Um, you know, even even though Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, uh, Eddie Guerrero did have, you know, their moments as a cruiserweights, and Chris Benoit did go on to win the heavyweight title there, too. Uh, you know, they just didn't have the kind of runs that they could have had, right? Because there was something holding them back. Well, WCW, the thing that was holding them back is the NWO. NWO was their bread and butter, and they thought they could ride along with that um, to the long run, but we saw how that happened. Well, I mean, look, in WCW, you can even you can even look at guys like Ole Anderson, who were running, who was running the show before, Eric Bischoff, um, you know, Vince Russo when he came into power, you know, so there was... It seems to be that like it doesn't matter what promotion they're just guys who get over and guys who don't right um but you know again as we as, as we mentioned you know uh, the, there's a rich history of this uh, especially in wwe you know whether it's you know current or the past or whatever um you know but let, let's let's get to topic today i mean who who's your first name who's a guy who went into the big wwe machine whether he was a free agent um you know who signed with them someone who was like homegrown talent that you know had it or you thought had that kind of potential but just you know never got to where he should have for all the obvious reasons and if you're a WWE fan I don't think we really need to break those down we're gonna you know we're gonna expect that you're in here listening to this knowing you know what we know 
Oh, absolutely. So, you know, I'll start it off. Um, I believe that back in the early 90s, when I did start watching wrestling, um, a wrestler that came to mind that I I, I kind of enjoyed watching. I uh, wasn't really a big fan, but it was like, this guy could definitely be a, a main eventer and be a, at the time a WF champion one day. It has to be uh, Kirk Henning, Mr. Perfect, and uh, World Wrestling Federation. Um, he did have a little stint, like, storyline with the WF uh, Championship with Hogan. It was just like like those little house shows or those Tuesday pay-per-views from from my recollection. Mm-hmm. Even even uh, even Ric Flair, not to interrupt you, even Ric Flair had uh, a similar run in, the, in like early 90s where he only had a match against Hogan on a house show and not like that planned Mania match, right? Well, that was a big plan. It was yeah. a Mania match. Um, Mr. Perfect, again, Kirk Henning, uh, third generation. Definitely a great athlete in the, yeah. in the ring. Yeah, an amazing athlete. Uh, did like his uh, moveset, his, his skills, athletic, like I said. Gifted, Mike. Even like even his, the Mike is the vignettes, promos. Yeah, you can see there was charisma oozing out of the guy. Yeah, and I always thought, like, oh, this guy could definitely be um, WF champion. And I always thought he would probably be WF champion before even Burr Hart got that push. But we saw that, you know, that was, they went with Burr Hart after, you know, they lost their faith with Hogan, and then Hogan decided to go to WCW with the new generation. Um, you know, I agree. I agree with this one. I think, you know, I, I actually didn't have Mr. Perfect on my list, but that's like an obvious choice, right? Uh, I think there's someone on this list that I do have that's actually very similar, and you might also share this person on your list too, but uh, Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect for sure. I think he definitely is one of those guys who should have gotten a title run. Um, I agree with all the things you said. I think the only thing I would have done different with him is maybe like a different, I don't know, maybe like maybe a different look. Not the hair, not change the hair, but maybe the gear. You know, maybe the gear. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I remember in his run, and even when he came back, right? I mean, look, he left for a bit, uh, you know, he was out of action for a bit due to a back injury, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, well, that's what they say, right? You never know what's true, what's not. But, you know, that that was the thing, right? He had a back, you know, a back injury, you know, he did some commentating. And he was, like, great on the mic, right? I think he had, like, all the skills to be a top guy. But, like, what do you think it was that the WWE didn't see him or didn't push him or ever, like, think that he was the guy to hold that, you know, hold hold a world title, you know, be the face that runs the place, so to speak? Well... In the early 90s, like, uh, let's say, 90, 91, 92, he he had a run with the IC belt. He did great with it. Um, the only problem that I saw at that time that they weren't pushing the, you know, the smaller guys. Okay. In, in, in that era, they were still pushing, you know, the Ultimate Warriors, the Hogan's, the Macho Men. You know, even Rick Flair, came uh, from WCW. But, again, Rick Flair already had, you know, uh, a track record. Yeah. Well, he was like a X-time champion yeah. by that. But time. the only thing that bothered me now that I'm mentioning that Kirk Henning had a track record as, as well. Kirk Henning was world champion in uh, AWA. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you just didn't see but that potential in him this, in know, the WF. And then not to cut you off, but I think that's the point, right? Where it's just like, okay, you know, you see certain talents, you're like, man, this this guy should by all rights be a like heavyweight champion here, and 
you know, he, and, and again, some of these guys do come with like reputable track records from other companies mm -hmm. and, you know, then they get lost in a shuffle. But then again, you know, I guess like one of the things that they always like, you know, uh, people vocalize who are of that generation, right? Um, sports entertainers of that generation is the bigger guys who didn't want to put the smaller guys over and, you know, the bigger guys who didn't want to, you know, give up the torch, right? Or, or pass the torch, so to speak. And they kind of wanted to just like keep going and going and going. So, to me, I think that that's like a big factor, right? A big and like contributing factor that they're obviously, you know, gonna get little, you know, flashes, but never quite get over that. Hump. Well, the other factor I see also is that okay, he was a big name in the AWA. He came to the WF at that time. Vince was just trying to get whoever he can from all these other promotions. Okay. It's like now when but they try to get the, to with the indies, today, try to just try to get all the big indie names and all the names from the market. So at least they can say, okay, we got so and so. Yeah, we got him under our umbrella, mm -hmm. and now mm -hmm. we can do whatever we want with him. It's just that satisfaction of saying, I got that guy, and that guy is under the WF umbrella at that time. So I believe that Kirk Henning, Mister Perfect, in the WF should have got a WF uh, run for the title. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think without a doubt, you know, like even when the guy came back in 2005, I mean, the guy, the, I mean, look, the, the guy definitely was an older version of him, but he still kind of did it in the ring and moved. And, you know, it, it's a shame, I think. But, yeah, I definitely agree with this pick. Um, all right, so I think we're done here with this point. Let's move on a little. Let's get to another name. I think there are plenty of guys on our list, um, probably too many to mention, but let's see if we got we got this right. But you know what? Um, I think this is a perfect way to segue because I let me know if you got this guy on the list, but I think another guy who kind of falls under the Henning umbrella <laughs> is Dolph Ziggler. Why, because they resemble the same skill set pretty much? Uh, well, I don't think they resemble the same skill set because Dolph Ziggler is a way more athletic guy than Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect, I, I I would say. Okay. Right? I think he moves, but I think they both sell in a very similar fashion. Uh, you know, I don't think that he, like, modeled his blonde hair maybe the same way. I don't know if that was the influence. Uh, you know, but I would say, for me, Dolph Ziggler is definitely a guy who should be way more over than he is. You know, we've he's had... Look, to the point that he's actually, you know, had a bit more of... Um, He's been in the title, the heavyweight title picture, more than Kurt Henning um, during his run. And right now, Dolph is in a hiatus, you know, pursuing his comedy career. But I think the guy's body of work speaks for itself. When we go to WWE event, anytime, you know, uh, Dolph is, you know, in the ring, you know, coming out towards the ring, MetLife, Mike. you know, I mean, you know, he's gets, he gets this huge, like, explosion. Right. Uh, speaking of the mic, uh, I mean, I think his biggest downfall is the mic. Sometimes I don't know. I, I I can't relate to him on the mic. I don't think he's as. Are you saying that because of the comedy thing? No, not the comedy thing. But I just don't think he's as over on on a mic, right? Which is uh, potentially one of those things that you know kind of catapults you to the next level in the WWE, right? That gets you over. Like, look, he's got the skill set. I mean, he's got the look. You know, um, we see him in the ring. You know, we know the guy can have great matches. But, you know, it's like he always comes up short, right? Uh, and I think for sure Dolph Ziggler, 
it's got parallels to Mr. Perfect, but I, I definitely do think Dolph Ziggler's a guy who has everything going for him, but just can't quite get over the hurdle and get quite over in the WWE. And why would that be? Well, I think I, I think it's just like one of those things. I mean, look, he's injury prone. Uh, you know, he again, I think he lacks a little something on the mic. Um, but again, he hasn't been injury prone lately, right? I think it was a couple of concussions or something like that that kind of set him back. So that was, I gotta say, a couple of years ago. But that kind of derailed him. But also, is he too good at what he does to not be a jobber for people and to put people other people over? Right? Is he the is he like your default? make this guy look good guy and, and, and is that like holding him back? No, because John Cena has done that lately and John Cena is still a household name. But the thing with John Cena is though John Cena is like a f- six, 15 or 16 time WWE champion. What's Ric Flair's record? He's, uh, I think he's tied. Yeah, they're tied, 16, right? Yeah. So they ha- he hasn't quite broken, right? Mm-hmm. So okay, fine. So he's 16 time world champion. I mean, I think once you hit that like marker, I think your legacy is pretty solidified. Right, you're in the top upper echelon of like, you know, sports entertainment history. Right, you're up there with the Hogan's. Even though Hogan had a lot less title runs, but Hogan had longer title runs. Right, so I think that means more than because if you win it, you know, 16 times, you lost it 15. Yeah. Right. So you know, I think with Dolph though, you know, Dolph, you know, look, Dolph's essential. You know, basically, Dolph's story is like uh, it's funny. Right, because he started as a Kerwin's, um, well, Chavo Guerrero's old gimmick, right? Yeah, the, the, the golfer the, guy, the, right? The caddy. Yeah, where all of a sudden he was like, you know, white American, right? But uh, but a Mexican, right? And he had a, a, a white caddy, which is probably the comedic part of it, right? And that caddy was Dolph Ziggler, right? He did that, he got lost in a shuffle. Then he, you know, he came back as part of the Spirit Squad, right? Which was a. Uh goofy type gimmick exactly but then after that he did come in as like the showstopper right kind of uh you know as the Dolph Ziggler right um this is before Heel Ziggler and all that stuff but you know he was basically your you know uh can have anybody you know anywhere type of dude um but he he was stealing the show when he was doing his thing you know and you know he had a very like slow rise right you know i think he got the inc belt before he won like any of the other like the world title and stuff like that right which he won from the first one was alberto de rio yes. right and the second one i can't remember right he's had two title wins am i, am I right or am i wrong here not to well, publicly correct you but oh whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, slow down yes he did win the the world championship from alberto de rio the night after wrestlemania but that was his second one. Okay. The first run was actually, he was awarded the world title. Uh, he was trying numerous times to try to win it from Edge. And then there was an angle with uh, also with Vicky Guerrero. Correct, correct, correct. Okay. And okay. he was awarded the world title right. by Vicky Guerrero, Guerrero to spite Edge. Because I think that was the time when Edge was coming with the face. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, all right. Okay, yeah, yeah. So for sure. Okay, so two times... One title, so almost like both title runs then essentially weren't very meaningful, right? Because I mean, the one the, he gets awarded the belt didn't not really, that it's meaningful, but not that they're not meaningful. I mean, look, he's gonna go down the record books as a world champion, of right? course. But but cashing in money in the bank is actually 
meaningful in my opinion. Yeah, well, yeah, because they're like, hey, this is the guy. Let's go for it, right? Yeah, true. All right, you know what? I stand corrected there. Good point. Um, but yeah, man, uh, in my point of view here, uh, you know, because I don't want to keep, you know, dragging this topic along with this, uh, not, not this topic along, because we will be dragging this topic along, but I should say, Good I don't want to, hey, I don't want to emphasize too much on one guy for too long, but, you know, I think Dolph Ziggler is definitely a guy who should be over, right, who's gotten, like, like, it's, it's like he's always at the cusp of breaking out, and then, you know, it's like they they put him in the main event picture. They take him out of the main event picture. They mid-card him, you know. He starts to kind of like, you know, uh, put over other people, you know. And, and it's like he gets lost in the shuffle, right? But I definitely think like Dolph Ziggler's a guy who should be granted an opportunity to get one of these like world titles, you know, whether it's universal or it's the world title. Right, he should get it, and you know he should get at least one more title run, and you know one that's meaningful, because I think his and skills, yeah, meaningful and longer, because the one against Del Rio lasted very shortly after he got a concussion, right, took it away, and it's like they've been afraid to do that with him again, you know, so um, to at least give him the belt. So to me, this is definitely a guy who got to, who should be way more over than he is. I mean, he is over with the fans, but I feel like in the eyes of WWE, he isn't as over or will ever be as over as he should be. And I will never understand why. I don't know. I honestly, I I don't know, but uh, look, you know, everything has its time and place, but you know... But there has to be a reason. There has to be something more that why they don't give him that run after all these years. Well, you know, could it be one of those things where he's trying to break away and do his own thing and that's why, right? He's trying to do his comedy career, but... Is the comedy career of a, a, a you know a product, or you know of the WWE not letting him be the guy? When by all means he could be a top guy, you know, way better than Sheamus as world champion, you know, in my opinion. Yeah, even though I do like Sheamus, but yeah, and, and there's nothing against Dolph Ziggler. And I, I like Dolph Ziggler too. It's just. This goes back to my complaining about the not giving him that shot, and I don't know why they don't give him that shot. Yeah. Well, you know, those are my feelings on Dolph. Uh, any any of yours, or do you or do you have the next guy? No, because I'm just gonna get angry. <laughs> all right, all right. We don't want to get angry. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, next guy. Over. It was, was kind of, you know. Ironic that you're going with the guys currently now, and I'm starting with the guys back in the early '90s. Okay. But well, I, I just because of the the list that I have, nah, and I, not the Jericho list, but just the list that I have is just it, it went in like chronological order. That's fine. I mean, I'm just I, I'll probably, I hope you don't mind. I don't I don't mind. I'll probably be all over the place, but also I just thought Dolph was interesting. You you mentioned Kurt Henning, and I think Dolph uh, the comparisons are there, so I just thought they kind of went hand in hand. But hey, doesn't matter the order. It's your list. So what do you think about? Owen Hart. Ooh, you know, I guess that's a dead issue to me. But um, um, but no, no, no. You, you know, what? Uh, actually, he's not on my list, and he should be. But I agree. Man, Owen Hart been in the WF for so long. Like people don't even know that. Like some people that I've spoken to didn't know that Owen Hart was there even as a Rocket and a singles competitor even before the Coco Beware tag mm-hmm. team. Um. He did have a couple of tryouts when Burhart um, 
was he didn't get called up. I believe was Vince bought Stampede Wrestling. Yeah, Calgary and Stampede. He acquired yep. most of the wrestlers there, which was sure. most of the Hart family. Yeah, and part of that was Owen Hart. Yep. Um, I remember reading and looking up stuff like he was using like house shows and stuff like that, tryouts, and then he even had a match at WrestleMania Eight. Yeah, with uh, the Skinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the alligator man. Yeah, that guy. But, no, but I bet you that, that guy was probably way more. He's probably way over than some of the guys on my list. <laughs> and the funny thing is, like when I, you know, when I saw WrestleMania at that time, I'm like Owen Hart, like oh, Brahar has a brother, and not to overshadow Brahar, just I feel out of the two, Owen Hart is the most like athletic. Yeah, uh, for sure. I, I agree with that 100%. I think Owen Hart was... Uh, more of a high flyer? Yeah, he was He was definitely way... For more, that time. Well, for that time? Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, look, I mean, even if, if in comparison, when you look at Shawn Michaels' high-flying skills to the high-flying skills of the guys who came after him, it, does, it, it pales in comparison, right? Because, like, if, you know, Shawn Michaels did a moonsault off the top rope, right? Um, look at a guy like Ricochet or even Aleister Black doing like some sort of moonsault it just looks a bit more graceful they flip around in different ways they manipulate the bodies in different ways but Owen Hart at the time was a guy who was kind of like re- like he he was redefining he was innovating you for know that, the, the, for the that high time. flying game for that time of course yeah yeah cause he had a couple gimmicks before the whole Hart Foundation thing with Bro Hart and like, again he was with mostly a tag team like with Coco Beware yeah. It was high energy, I believe. Yep. But the thing is, he was so good in the in the, in the ring. It's just, and didn't give him no like time on the mic. But at that time, mic skills wasn't really that important, to my opinion. Well, yeah, I think back then mic skills was were definitely not as important. It was the character, right, and presentation. The, yeah, the presentation, the character, the skill set, right, the move set, so to speak. You know, your size, right. I guess those are some of the things that. Fun, like, those are your fundamentals, right? And then I think the gimmick, you know, uh, speaking was a bit, it was important, mm-hmm. but not everyone was that great off. Not everyone was gifted on the mic, you know, during the 80s. No, because. Some corny gimmicks. You, you hardly had people on the mic. The only time they would be on the mic is like when Mean Gene was conducting an interview. But that was also a product of less TV time. Right? True, true, true. So yeah, so I can't really, you know, add the mic skills with Owen Hart. But you know, but he did. later in the but year, he added, but I mean, but he, later, he did have it, you know. later as the character, you know, evolved. I mean, the mic skills were there, right? And by far, like at the time, I thought he was doing some of the better mic work, especially when he was feuding with Burhart. I think even better than Burhart. I said when he was feuding with Bret Hart. Yeah, but I'm saying in the mic skills itself, like, he's oh, better he, than Bret Hart. Of course. Yeah, a thousand percent. But as much as people do shit on Bret Hart's mic skills, he wasn't that bad. I thought he just got worse as, like, towards the end of his WWE run, kind of, and when he was in WCW. But I thought... Well, he always admitted that he would never want to be on the mic. Like, that's why when he was a tag team with Nyhart. Nahar would do most of the talking. Yeah, baby. He would just yeah, have baby. his uh, punchlines here yeah, and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, again, with Owen Hart, mm-hmm. a great wrestler, athletic in the ring. In my opinion, you know, even though I'm a huge Bret Hart fan, mm-hmm. better than Bret Hart. Okay. He did get that little push 
like that brother versus brother uh, storyline in '94 with Bret Hart. Yeah, WrestleMania 10. Yeah, he did, which he won, which was a I think that was gonna catapult his career. Mm-hmm. He did get a, a couple of title matches with Bret Hart, um, but then it just disappeared. Like it just got lost in shuffle. He tag team with British Bulldog. He was a great tag, you know, tag team specialist with the Bulldog. But I think that was it. Like this. Just keep him at that, you know. And then I know he had a few with Austin with IC champ. Then, like you said, he, you know, crafted his uh, mic skills, and you could see, you know, how, um, you know, passionate Owen was about the wrestling through his mic skills. How did I begin my commentary on, on Owen? Did I say he was over or not? This should have been over. I said he should have been, right? Should have been. I want to say Owen was actually, you know, after listening to all this stuff, you know what? I'm, I want to change my stance here. And actually, I think Owen was over, right? And to that point, I think Owen Hart is maybe one of those guys who, like, maybe didn't even really need the world title to be over. But that would have been, like, the cherry on top with Owen. You know, because, I mean, again, to your point, after listening to everything you're saying and I'm assessing the situation, uh, you know, I feel like when he won the two Slammy Awards and he was carrying them around, you know, and he was the king of hearts, Owen Hart, right? That was some of his best work, you know? And I, and I do think the WWE did, did give him a little something, minus that title belt, though. No, I'm, I'm not taking that away from him. He did have... Those little runs here and there, uh, but uh, like again, I'm focusing more on why he didn't get like the title push. He wasn't a title, uh, um, the the big you know main events here and there, but it just he never won. Like you said, the, the big, big one. one. Okay. Um, reasons I wouldn't know. I think after Brett left, the whole Montreal screw job, I figured why. They probably didn't give it to him. Okay. He'll be part of little storylines here and there for the IC Bell, the European, even the tag team. I know he joined the nation for a little bit. Um, he was a tag team with Jeff Jarrett, which I think was a, a good thing for him before his unfortunate accident. Um, but I still feel he should have gotten over with the title belt. I, 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 At least give him one shot. I agree, one, but... One run. In retrospect, now kind of thinking, you know what? I think, look... Owen Hart's a very sad story, you know, with his, you know, untimely and unfortunate passing and a freak accident, right, as the um, Blue Blazer. Uh, I wasn't say Blue Meanie, but as the Blue Blazer. And, you know, he, coming down to the ring, felt his death, boom, <laughs> splat, over. But I honestly, I think he would have gotten a title run and I think, you know, he was, he was over. I would say he's over. He was over. Um, but, but, you know, yeah, to your point, okay, sure, he could have used the title belt, but I don't know. You know what? I almost, it would have been cool, but I almost don't picture, uh, I don't picture Owen Hart as a heavyweight title champion. I, I, I can't argue with your opinion. That's your opinion. I know, it's fine. But let's just, let's and just end, you have your opinion. Let's end it with this. Do you think that he didn't get his title run after Brett left 
because of what happened with Brett? No. I think that Vince McMahon was willing to put the Ultimate Warrior over after the Warrior held out for money. Vince McMahon, although Hulk Hogan was obviously, is obviously Hulk Hogan, but Hulk Hogan was willing to do business. I mean, I'm sorry, Vince McMahon was willing to do business with Hulk Hogan after WCW fell apart, and even before WCW fell apart, there were talks when his contract was up while he was in WCW about possibly jumping ship. So I think Vince McMahon will do what's good for business. You know what I mean? So I think that potentially. At some point down the line, Vince McMahon would do good business. And much like Christian, right, I think an Owen Hart would get a title run at some point. Okay. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Okay. No I'll problem. I, I just think he was over. If I had to think in retrospect right now, and my mind is kind of just like going into this other gear, I think he was over. And I think he's just the guy who didn't need a world title to be over, to be honest. Okay. Enough said about Owen Hart. Well, <laughs> oddly enough, here here's a name. And actually, it just seems like our list maybe just similar has parallels. What about Christian? Let's keep Christian short. Because he didn't go on my list, but I think that was a uh, perfect way to segue. I should have done better research. Because they're Canadians? Yeah, maybe because they're Canadians. Christian. Christian. Should have been way more over than he than, than they that's, allowed him to that's be. That's why he left. Yeah. He like, way more over. End of your champ in TNA. Yeah. And I loved his work in TNA, to be honest with you. It was like his best work. It was, was actually there. Yeah, yeah, um, of course. He did have his Captain Charisma here, but he just took it over there. But that was the evolution of the character, right? Yeah, um, I, I definitely agree. But that's the thing. It's not that it bothers me. It's just like, it makes you think, okay, even now, like, a star like Christian had to leave. The WWE? To be... To be a bigger name and... But he, no, no, it's not that big a name, like, to, to, to show that he could be at the main event level. Yeah, but I thought he was showing it when he was there. But he was, the, the thing is, though, he only saw him as, like, a tag team competitor. Even yeah. though he did have a single sure, here and but, there. but the thing is, like, when he did the whole Christian and the peeps, I mean, look, during that Ruthless Aggression era, there, there wasn't, like, a set, like, guy, right? I mean, think about it, right? The title went to JBL, went to Eddie Guerrero. It went to The Undertaker. It went to Brock Lesnar. You know, the, the... Triple H. You know, Triple H. And plus, we had two different belts on two different brands, right? So so the belt was like a hot potato. It was skipping, 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 skipping every so often. The only person who had the title kind of in a more consistent manner was maybe Triple H during that era. You know what I mean? That, yeah. But that's on Raw, where Christian was. Right? But on SmackDown, that was like a different different story. But I don't believe Christian ever set foot on the Smack on SmackDown during that evolution That's of the That's funny Peeps you say that. Well, he gimmick. came from SmackDown. To? To Raw. Yeah. Yeah, he started the Peeps gimmick on SmackDown. Okay, so I, I stand he came to a degree. Okay. It's funny that you mentioned that because that roof of the rest of the reminded me a little bit of WCW. Not because Eric Bischoff was running Monday Night Raw. But it was also Paul Heyman. Yes or no? I think SmackDown was the better brand at the time. But this is why I, I say that. Raw, you saw it, I saw it as a, as a Nitro product because Triple H was always the champion. Don't get me wrong, I'm a Triple H fan. You know, you know that from the get-go. Of course. But it's just that 
over and over and over again. You see Triple H as the world champion. Like, even Shawn Michaels was in that picture. For so, like a month? Yeah, but, they, but, but still, they went with the tired and true formula. I guess. But again, that's, I think that's why, again, like you said, Christian didn't get that push or that run because of guys like Triple H on Raw. And they had so many talent. But we agree he was well-equipped to do it, I think, especially during that time. I thought he was... I think at the time that he was Christian, you know, and the whole Peeps gimmick, I think that's when he was... He, I think that's when he was his most over and at his best. Yes, Christian Cage was great in TNA, but let's talk about the WWE. Let's focus there. We know about that. We know how that character got over over there. We know that he had a good, good run mm-hmm. over there. But my point here is Christian Cage, Right? And this is why I say there's a parallel here between him and Owen Hart because, again, like I said, Christian paid his dues and did his thing. And you always knew, to a degree, I, I think personally, Christian was better on the mic than Edge, right? Yes. Edge maybe had the look, much like Bret Hart, right? Um, you know, but I think skills in the ring as a, better, as a worker and on the mic, Christian Cage has it. Much like Owen Hart. So my point here is, I think that, you know, obviously, the obvious thing here is that Christian lived a lot longer life than Owen Hart. And you see how a guy like that eventually does get his just due. Even though Christian won won the world title through unfortunate circumstances, he did get that little push. No. I'm not saying he... I agree that he got over. His gimmick was great. I loved his gimmicks on SmackDown or on Raw. But that was, yeah, I, that was good that they gave him that little run. But, again, that run was done because of unfortunate incidents that happened at the time with the So I agree with you with Christian. Yeah, I think he did get over as well now that you mentioned everything out. Okay. Lay it out. Okay. Well, all right. Your pick? My pick was the draft pick. Uh, yeah, your draft pick. <laughs> Just like the Knicks, let's see what they get this year. Oh, come on. Well, that's a whole other subject for a whole other show. That could be a two-hour podcast. podcast. <laughs> be like a lifelong <laughs> podcast. So, again, I'm going back to, like, the Federation that's years. Okay. You're living in the past, sure. <laughs> what? It's <laughs> not a good thing, bro. But um, what do you think about the British Bulldog? <sighs> Actually... <clears throat> Baby boy Smith. Well, I'm checking my list, and I'm checking my list twice. He definitely didn't make my list. But Naughty he's a boy. Very, very obvious pick, yeah. I agree. British Bulldog. Could have definitely been way more over than he was. And not because of the look. Just his skill. I thought he... I thought... And see, now I'm just eating into your mic time here. But I thought the Bulldog was a big guy that could work. He was a worker, yes. Just like Owen and Brett. But it goes back to me saying that, well, I didn't kind of say it, I kind of was directing to it. I think it was just overshadowed with what happened with Brett. Because remember, Bulldog came back after the Montreal school job. He was in the mini event picture. I know he was part of a six-pack challenge, the first time ever. And I kind of liked it. Like, oh, they give him, him that push. It was a heel, you know, Bulldog, but just didn't pan out. And I never understood why. Like you know, I think he was he could have made a great WF champion. Well, I also want to like correct a little something here. Let's not focus too much on 
But I don't know. Are we focusing too much on people being champions or being over? A little bit of both. Okay. So you think you think championship I, runs and being over are synonymous? Yes, and now that you mentioned that, both of them, to me, he didn't get over. Okay, I agree. The reason why I think he was just overshadowed from Bret Hart and Owen Hart, and not because we just not a direct you know, heart. It's just again, you said he did work. It's just I think just having him under that heart umbrella, he, he didn't get over. To me, don't get me wrong. He did have you know these good runs as European champ, IC champ. Tag team champ, it just—it was just something that you know, like I don't know, I don't like he could be better, or he could be doing better than what he's doing now. And well, I don't know because it was well, himself wait, whoa, or. Whoa, 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 whoa! Let me correct you here. Hold on, wait a second. And what do you mean he could be do, doing better than he is doing now? He's dead. Obviously, if he were alive, he could be way better than. Okay, fine. In '96 or '95, '96. Yes, he did have that little storyline with Shawn Michaels, which was pretty cool. They yeah, actually included him in some sort of you know big storyline, okay. and that was it. That was pretty much it. Well, let me not interrupt you. I picture, I can never quite picture the British Bulldog being world champion any time. So any time between nineteen ninety six was when the Heart Foundation formed, Seven. or ninety seven. All right, ninety six. He was with the Lex. Who's Lex Luger, right? The Allied Powers or ninety five? Like, like you say, I live in the past, but I kind of know more of this okay. a little all bit. Right, right, ninety five. Right. He was part of the Allied, Allied Powers. Powers. Okay, and ninety six. Owen Hart. Well, Owen Hart. Okay, but ninety six is when he changed his look, right? He went to the late ninety briefs. He went to real briefs. Yeah, late ninety five. Like in ninety five, he was still doing with Lex Luger, the Allied Powers. He was kind of doing the sh- like brief shorts. He was doing the brief shorts. He still had the the well. He always had the singlet. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the trouser thing was uh, late ninety five. Uh, yeah. Okay. Late. So I think that you know, for me, I'd say the any time from the Allied Powers on, I just couldn't picture like you know Lex Luger as a heavyweight. Uh, Lex Luger. I'm sorry. The British Bulldog as a world champion, WWE champion. But I could picture the British Bulldog. The era for the British Bulldogs have been over, and WWE champion for me would have been circa 1993. Oh, no, 93. Because he left to WCW. He left, uh, I'm trying to remember which. Late 93, early 94, I believe. So 91, 93 would have been the time then that I'm talking about. Where, where, where he had that, he just had this look and this presentation where I thought that would have been the time for him to have been world champion, for him to have been his most over. Yeah, he could have been invented with like Ultimate Warrior or even Bret Hart at the time. Even Hulk Hogan. Wouldn't that have been like the greatest thing ever? The, the, the red and yellow, which really represents the red, white, and blue versus... The red, white, know, and blue? Yeah, of UK, England, UK. The British. That's when I see it. That's when I see he would have been his most over. But aside from that, anything after that, allied power things, I just didn't quite see him as, as, in the title. Run. But I do think he should have had one, and he should have been most over in the past. Not in, not in the present. Well, not, well the present. not in the present from 95 on. Not when he came back in 99. No, and, and, and especially not when, 
Yeah, especially now when he went into just jeans. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually going to agree with you again. I'm actually going to agree with you. So I was able to sway you? Yeah, yeah. Are you easy, now think about 91 because he had, he had some good matches in yeah. 91. I remember he had a champion. few with um, the Warlord. Yeah. He had a couple good matches. And at the time, it was still actually the, the mm-hmm. big dudes that were, yeah, you know. Yeah, power. More on TV, so British boy. I met him once, I believe, and it's a big dude. And you know, I remember he body slammed the, the warlord. The warlord's a big, big guy, white yeah. as well. But yeah, he, he should have won that um, title around that time. He should have had good matches with uh, like a Ric Flair at the time when he came, Hogan, Macho Man. But then they probably had to turn him heel. If that happened, which I think would have it would have worked. Okay. Okay, so Bulldog, your pick here. No, I I, I, I have feel, nothing else to say about him. I still feel like he should have been over, but now that you mentioned ninety one to ninety three, like, I, I just think, think that that's was the time. his best work. Yeah, again, he was overshadowed during the Hard Foundation, in my opinion. Yep. Okay, we'll, um, we'll just okay. leave it at that. We'll leave it with the British Bulldog. Now here's the guy. Who I thought should have been way, way more over in the WWE. And I think this doesn't even really even need, like this guy didn't even really need a title run. I just thought the gimmick was what would do it. And that's Raven. Freaking Johnny Polo, bro. Raven. But I love Johnny Polo. Johnny Polo was hilarious. And that's my point, man. Like, WWE got Raven, you know, after WCW, right? Or, yeah, after WCW shut its doors down, right? Um, after ECW shut its doors down. No, 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 no. no. Am, I, am I just saying it correctly? Yeah, I actually got Raven before they bought out WCW. Okay, so ECW had closed. So he left WCW. ECW didn't close ECW. either. ECW what? was still open, remember? ECW whoa, whoa, didn't close. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I guess you don't watch your documentaries whoa, in the whoa, W Network. Uh, pretty soon you're going to correct my body weight. I'm like, no, I'm 210. You're like, mm, no, no, boy, no, 220, no, sir. No, it's not for you changing your pants sizes. Okay, okay, I stand correct. No, no, Raven was there before okay. the um, the, the buyout. Okay, fine. And ECW was still in business. Okay, okay. Was he part of the Invasion Angle? Yes, he was. Okay. Remember, he so, joined yes. the Alliance. Yeah, yeah. But here's my point. So that's where my confusion starts. No, it's okay. That's what I'm here for. But here's my point. The character of Raven started off in ECW. Correct. As Raven. Okay? Okay. Johnny Polo left the WWE in 93, 4? Either late 94 or early 95. Okay. Because he was part of WrestleMania 10, which was in 94. Okay. Fine. You're my historian here. But here's my point. Johnny Polo leaves, evolves his character into the character of Raven, has great matches against uh, Tommy Dreamer, right? Some some over the some like st- stuff you had never seen. Well, remember it was different. Of course, ECW was different. But here's my point: revolution. There was it was revolutionary. That's exactly what I was going to mention next. And great fuse against the Sandman. Now he goes to WCW, and at the time that he goes, it's like the NWO was just starting to catch on and they're going into motion so everything's NWO 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 so 
stables like the horsemen get lost um the dungeon of doom good thing that got lost uh in the shuffle but then you got raven's flock question i don't know i know you saw ecw more than me the raven flock started in wcw or in ecw raven had like a flock in ecw but it was like stevie richards and the blue meanie right okay he had like a little following, right? Co-following, but it wasn't as big as what the flock became in WCW. Because I know Kimmy was part of that. In, 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 in WCW. In WCW, the flock became way bigger than the incarnation of lackeys that he had in ECW, right? So in ECW, he had lackeys. Okay. He didn't have like kind of this cult following, right? But I thought, honestly, in WCW, Raven was the most over and most interesting and fascinating character. Like his character evolved, right? He now became kind of this like cultish, emo you know, Stay to gothic type guy, right? <clears throat> now, I think that had he gone to, you know, the WWE as that incarnation of Raven, not this like whining, uh, hardcore champion. Yes, he, you know, he wet his beak at ECW, but Raven had more than just hardcore skills. Raven was a great storyteller. Because he was able to present the story. You know, he was able to deliver stories. He was able to tell stories in the ring, on the mic, whatever. And the fact that he was, like, relegated to just a hardcore champion and never put into, like, I, I think, meaningful feuds. Like, yo, can you imagine Raven versus Stone Cold Steve Austin? Could you imagine... Raven in a feud with Triple H, potentially. Um, I can't quite picture Raven and The Rock. What about, like, you know, Raven and, like, The Undertaker? You know what I mean? Like, I think that these would have been, like, Yeah, those two would have definitely been, like, a feud. The, the characters kind of resemble one another in some way. Um, no, I agree that Raven should have been more over in the league than he was. His best work was, again, ECW and WCW. That goes back to a couple of podcasts from before. Like Sometimes like the wrestlers, when they get acquired but by the WWE, they just, I don't know, they just either, they don't make it here. They don't, it's not that they don't produce, it's just, I think just the machine like, of the WWE just don't see something in them. It's just, again, going back to my theory of, no, we, we, we signed Raven. We, at least we, we know we have him under our wing for this amount of time. Mm-hmm. And nobody else could have him. Just to have him there. So, like, my point was going to be, like, do you think that one of the issues here is that they weren't homegrown talent? And that the WWE wasn't going to put them over because they got themselves over? Right? Because that's, like, how some of these guys get lost in the shuffle. Well, I remember I heard that before in, in one of the documentaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that... Um, most of the guys that weren't, you know, like Vince's creation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he didn't really mm-hmm. put that much focus on them mm-hmm. when they got here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Raven is a good example of that because Raven was main eventing in ECW, mm-hmm. and I think he was even part of some main events in WCW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I just here, just. But I think the thing that WCW two ended up happening with him was like towards like the end, like he kind of started to just get like smashed, right? Like he had Goldberg, right? Was getting over. It was a job. Well, he 
kind of started becoming like jobberish, right? And then he left, he went to ECW. Um, you know, he formed another, you know, he formed a tag team with like Tommy Dreamer, you know, and there, there was this little thing with them there where it's like they finally united, right? Um, but then he goes WWE and then he becomes like this like hardcore champion who's just like, all right, well, he's not getting, you know, he's not, he's, he could have had way more impact. And potentially he could even been a world champion. I don't think he would have needed that <clears throat> to been over, but he would have been a great heel, I thought. I agree. I definitely agree. <coughs> but I think the the reason why he was put in that hardcore title <coughs> picture for the longest is that they needed someone like Raven to actually put that title on the map. Even though to some were just a trash title, but it just, it kind of meant something. I think that's why they used Raven as the face of the hardcore title division. And just that. Well, that's a shame, because I think he could have been the face of, like, potentially bigger and more meaningful things. Um, but that that's that's my whole thing on Raven. Um, Nevermore? Nevermore. Yeah, quote the Raven, Nevermore. Nevermore. So what do you got, Max, on the list? Uh, we'll go from Raven to... Um, let's put some, some, some Spanish flavor to this. Let's put some Latino heat. No pun intended to Eddie Guerrero. Let's, what do you think about Savio Vega? Didn't care for him. <laughs> just didn't care for him. I honestly just don't care for Savio. No, and your reasons why? I just didn't see it. I mean, you know, yeah, he was, like, Savio was, like, a great, like, worker, right? He was, like, a workhorse. I just never pictured him as anything else, you know? I just honestly didn't, I didn't buy into it. I didn't see it, and I just, you know, I just don't think he even belongs in this conversation. Okay. And, you know. Feel free to, you know, feel free to basically, you know, prove your point or discuss um, like, uh, your opinion. I, I don't think, you know, I don't want to go with the thing that, oh, I'm going to Spanish pride here, but I do have to say that he was a great wrestler. Yeah, he was great in the great ring. Size, like. Yeah, undoubtedly he was great in the ring, um, and he def- definitely could move around for his size. I just, I just never saw him more than, like, a guy, you know, like in the ring, just doing what he did, and that's it. What about when he joined the nation? Um, I thought, yeah, no, look, I don't think it's a joke. I mean, I don't think the guy wasn't good. I just, I just don't think this is a guy who's deserving of being on this list. You just named a bunch of guys. I named a couple of guys who I think go like way far beyond the potential that he could have had. I just don't see that like breakthrough star there. <clears throat> like I said, let's keep it short with South Vega. The reason why I believe that he could have been over a little bit, I think he had that the backup of uh, Razor Ramon. I think when Razor Ramon brought him in, I was like, okay, he could be probably like the next IC champ. Okay. Or he probably, what I saw, because at the time I wasn't really watching the WWE product that much in 95, 96. But I, I could see like a good feud between South Vega and Razor Ramon. Because I always thought, oh, they're going to turn Salvi Vega heel. He's going to go against Razor Ramon. All right. 
But maybe we didn't get to see that evolution of that character because Razor did leave. Exactly. So maybe we never saw that natural progression. Look, uh, look, not to take away anything of him being a great worker, I just don't think he's one of those guys that was like, I just never saw him more than where he was at. You know, maybe INC title run, fine. But I never saw him more than that. And, you know, I just, I just don't think he was that, like, caliber... Um, of a razor or a caliber of a, even Rocky Maivia when Rocky Maivia came onto the scene, right? I just can't put him on as part of that. Like, he's like low, low, Carter. low mid card, but not a mid carder or like a, a top card type guy that's deserving of anything else in that. Well, I think the only positive <laughs> thing I could give him also is that he kind of, not made, but he kind of like helped. Steve Austin. He did. Yeah, no, 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 no. He definitely did. That's what I'm saying. Like, my point is that, yes, he was good to put people over, but I, I just didn't see him as anything else than that. Okay. Like, he's a good hand. I just don't think he was deserving of a guy who needs to be over. No. Again, that's your opinion. And again, that's your opinion. I'm not disagreeing. I, no, what, I just... How you feel, he, I just disagree. He could have had a great... I'm not saying maybe... <laughs> this is the first time I'm going to say that maybe not a great... World title run maybe a good IC title run since he never was given that opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he could have been in, in, in some sort of contention for something, but let's leave it at that. <laughs> I mean, look, there's some people who like liver, and there's some people who are like, all right, well, liver. Uh, I guess it's good for you, but you know, just you know, not gonna quite eat it every night, right? I love liver, but not every night. Well, I don't know where I was going with that, but... Uh, well, let's go to you, to your liver now. All right, yeah, so my... <laughs> so, here, here's... I'm going to, like, kind of just... Uh, just say it! I'm going to keep, like, an ECW theme. I kind of wanted to adjust whatever, but I'm just going to name a guy. Taz. Taz was no. a guy that I thought should have been way more over than he was. And they kind of, like pushed him and geared him in that direction but they didn't quite like uh do anything to actually like make his meaningful and i just think like you know he came in you know kind of like as a rumor right like i i kind of compared taz's uh arrival to wwe at the royal rumble 2000 right 2000 yeah you were there remember hold on listen to me I would say that Taz's, like, 2000 appearance at the WWE, it kind of reminded me of, like, do you remember Mortal Kombat 1 and Mortal Kombat 2, you know, like, when they were, like, secret characters that would just, like, randomly show up on the screen? Yes. That's kind of what, like, he reminded me of, right? It kind of reminded me of, like, a secret character in a game that was just, like, being flashed all over the place. And there was this hype because, you know, the mood was about to change and people... Everyone was speculating, who's this going to be? Who's this going to be? And most people did think it was going to be Taz, and it turned out to be true, right? So Taz comes, goes into the Royal Rumble 2000, where I was at a Mass Square Garden against Kurt Angle, one-on-one, squashes a guy, but then after that, things just kind of went downhill for him. You know, ECW, he was this, like, tank, this fighting machine. He was the man in ECW. Yeah, he was the man. I mean, look, he didn't even have, like, a title run there either, but he was, his character was over you know, the character of Taz. Well, I thought he did have a title one. He had the FT, FTW championship, and then he beat Mike Awesome for the title. That was it. And that was because Mike Awesome was going to WCW, so he did the job to him. Well, Mike Awesome did the job to Taz. 
that's why he got the, that, that run that because unfortunate incident. And it wasn't even that long of a run. It was remember that was a collaboration between WWE and WWF at the time. So wait, he never won the title before. WCW and ECW. He came to um to the yeah. Yeah, this. Thing. I know he had the FTW, but yeah, I he had that. that. And then I think his first and only world title win was against Mike Austin. That was it. And he was already contracted by WWE. Yeah. It was just like a deal that they negotiated to like give him the title. Yeah, I wasn't really. I, I kind of followed ECW at the time. Well, ECW then it was like on TNN. TNN. Like, was that Master Regarding Network, MSG, and then it was like on TNN. I remember when it was like at 2 o'clock in the morning at some channel. 55, I think. It was like something. You had to like be up at like real random ass hour to like Dude, even watch that shit. Porn, like, well, more than likely, like, I was probably watching porn at that time of the day. Switching channels and stuff like that. 65. <laughs> but, um, they switch back and forth through it was locked. Anyway, yeah, no, going to add with Taz, I was hyped when Taz came to WF mm-hmm. at the time. I was, because he was the man in ECW. And not for nothing, I think I started watching ECW at the time. And he did work with um, Robin Dam. Then he did like this huge feud with uh, Sabu. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, like, if WF gets Taz, like, you imagine? Because you, at the time, we were teenagers. At the time, you would just think, who can he feud with? Mm-hmm. Like, yo, imagine him with, like, a Triple H, which he did have a match or two with Triple yeah. H. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. The Rock. Um, Raven was already in um, yeah. WWE. What about Steve Angel. Austin? Yeah, that's Steve Austin, yeah. I think that was the one that I wanted to see most, was, like, him and Steve Austin. Him against, like, well, Goldberg wasn't there, but I guess they had a fantasy book, right? Him and Goldberg, you know what I mean? Imagine him with The Undertaker. The Undertaker was going with that American badass a little bit. I couldn't, I couldn't picture that, though. No? I just think The Undertaker just overshadows him so much with stature and height. And that was the thing. And I think that's one of the reasons maybe he didn't get over in WWE. They said he was, like, a rough worker... Even Taz himself says it, like, he's kind of, he was kind of like a hard head, right? He kind of believed his gimmick too much. And, you know, maybe there was, like, a size thing there, too. But, but I do think this is a guy that could have gotten over, you know, had he been booked the right way and had he been used the right way. But then again, you know, maybe it was a time where the little guy wasn't as believable as it is today. Because now a guy like Daniel Bryan's champion, right? Um... Guy like Finn Balor, I mean, he's not that big of a person, right? And no. he, he, you know, he he's got a title, a small but short title run, right? The Universal title, and you know, I think maybe Taz was just a guy who was like a bit too soon, but he was innovative. You know, he presented this like MMA kind of like background, kind of like Ken Shamrock. I just think he was better. He was like the human suplex machine, and I thought that gimmick, his match against Bam Bam Bigelow in ECW was like insane. You know. He had great matches, and I definitely think this is a guy who should have gotten way more over in the WWE than he did. And then, you know, they just kind of put him to the wayside, you know, so. No, I agree with that. Um, Also, I could add that, well, again, this is just opinion that the reasons why he probably didn't get over. Remember, some of the stuff he did in ECW, he couldn't really do over here in WF or WWE at the time. Yeah. Um, Promo-wise and... But it was the Attitude Era. It was it was basically just a carbon copy ECW. No, it it was it definitely was. Just remember, we we weren't rated R. You know, ECW was definitely they they had no you know filter. Um, 
But the ad of Tav, again, when Tav came in at, at first, it was a big deal. We were like, yo, like, it's fucking Tav. But um, remember, he, he got injured as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, neck he did. injury. But yeah. he had he had broken his neck in ECW, so that neck injury it just was came just back. Like, it was just it was a thing. So it was the inevitability of it that he he would probably have a shorter career than he did. But you know, even in that, they still didn't give him his his just due. You know what I mean? Because the presentation of Taz here was like it wasn't to me. It wasn't believable at first. Yes, but then afterwards, like, and it wasn't even the gear. I think it was just like when they had him with the the, the sweatpants. And the T was like, I didn't take him seriously anymore. Like, yeah, the, like, not he the, changed his look. Yeah, it totally changed his look, and that that threw me in for a loop as well. I kept, I'm not, I, I'm not scared of this guy no more. Like, you know, this guy should empower fear. It's just the whole presentation is just like, oh, okay, this is going down the drain. So I feel like, yeah, know. and eventually that's what happened. It fizzled out. I mean. I don't. I can't remember aside from the Kurt Angle match anything meaningful again. Anything meaningful in WWE that he had, you know? How, mm, how about the could, Triple H match he had was on SmackDown, which I think. Which I mean, I gotta watch that. But see, that's how not memorable it was that I don't even remember the match. But he could have had some great matches against Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit. You know what I mean? Chris Jericho. You know, there could have been potential for feuds. Maybe another feud with you know Raven. Um, you know, but. Definitely Steve Austin for sure, but um, you know I just think this is definitely a guy who could have been way more over than he was. I don't think he even needed a title. I just think he could have been way more over. Agree. Definitely. All right. Well, I don't want to <laughs> fixate on that too much. Um, our original plan was to go about maybe the hour mark on this one, but it looks like that's not the case. But uh, your next pick. So on my next lottery pick. And you mentioned this before in some conversation. Ken Shamrock. Hmm. Ken Shamrock was a guy that came from UFC when UFC was... In his like, infancy. Just beginning. Like, yeah, like, you know, the baby... Like, the baby stages. When it was, but it was, it was a shit. Yeah, because it was, it was actually legit shoot fighting. Like, the original UFC, for those who don't know, was basically a, a gigantic... Tough man contest with different styles, right? No one, no one came in knowing several different styles. You you would pick guys like a boxer versus sumo wrestler, uh, jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy versus a you know amateur wrestler, you know stuff like that. And Ken Shamrock came from that background. Yes. I remember he came in as a special referee at first. Uh, WrestleMania thirteen. Austin versus Burhart. Uh, the Enforcer. Was a submission match, I believe, correct? Um, honestly, I didn't know that much of, of Ken Shamrock. I heard his name before. And that was from UFC. And then, like, okay, that's cool. Like, you know, he's coming from, like, a real sport. Well, at that time, was it really a sport? Well, it was... It was, it's comparable to boxing, but not as but it, reputable, it only because it there sanctioned. was a lot of controversy, yeah, with how violent the UFC was, but to be honest, it probably takes more skill to be an MMA fighter than it does to be a boxer. Okay. But again, when at that time when I was watching you know, wrestling, mm-hmm. which I still am, but 
Exactly. I mean, at the time when, the, when Ken Shaw was coming, like, it was a big deal because, like, oh, we're getting a guy from UFC. Like, he's tough. Like, he's, like, the shit. Right the now. world's most dangerous man, yeah. as per ABC. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's something interesting. That's something cool. At first, he came in, I was like, okay, like, you know, it doesn't, it's not tickling my fancy, like my sister said. But, tickling um, your balls. But then afterwards, like, okay, like, Duke could definitely fight. Duke yeah, he can go. He can perfected go. his craft. His gimmick was just, like I said, a dangerous man gimmick, and he did have a run with the IC belt for a little bit. But I still think that he could have had that big push at the main event level with the WF uh, title run against like uh, Steve Austin or The Rock, even The Undertaker. I th- I think, yes, he could have had these mean- meaningful feuds. He could have definitely done his thing, you know, one-on-one against some of these guys. And he did fight The Rock, right, when he was part of the Nation of Domination? Yes, uh, when The Rock, yeah, was part of the Nation of Domination. Okay. I don't recall him in Austin going at it on a public, like a publicized TV feud. No, right? Mm, they never had. I, I don't of. believe they ever had a match, but they like crisscross here and there with like yeah. little promos here. Yeah, and yeah, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, remember they were part of uh, the, the, the corporation. Team. Well, at first, but they were part of the same team with against the Heart the, Foundation. Yeah, 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 yeah. But th- but that they weren't intersecting as far as feuding. That's no, I mean. no, no. That's talking that's, about more like feuds, right? So maybe they did touch. And they were part of the corporation, right? Maybe, potentially. Or at least he's at least he's received a stunner from Steve Austin. Oh yeah, he definitely received, a, but not like a one amount one on one match. Now, this is the thing about Ken Shamrock. But how about this feud? How about a match Ken Shamrock versus Taz? I would have loved to. That would have been that would have been tremendous. Ken Shamrock was still there when. Uh, but here's my Taz. point. I think Ken Shamrock got as over as he could get in the WWE. I just, I just don't see Ken Shamrock's skills. Mike work really translate into a meaningful run. I think he should have got an opportunity to maybe have some more man, uh, fantasy matchups, but I just don't know that I saw him at the top, top, top. Like no. I think, I think when he went up against Shawn Michaels at the Generation X pay per view, that's when he kind of like peaked. No, he definitely peaked. That's why, like, yo, he's gonna be champion like maybe in a year, but then they went with Austin. I guess I can't picture it though. Well, you can. I wanted to see him like Ken Shower. He's like he's like one of those guys that you don't really need to be on the mic to be good. Because at the time, that's, I think that was the transition of okay, you have to be a, a good wrestler, but at the same time, you also have to have good mic skills. Yeah, but I think I think at that time of the Attitude Era, the the wrestling industry was transitioning to a different era, and I think Ken Shamrock's skill set maybe would have lent itself better in the 70s, maybe early 80s, than the mid-80s, late-80s, 90s as a whole, and even the early 2000s in the WWE. Again, I go back with Ken Shamrock. Came in, what, 97, which was pre-Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. The beginning of the Attitude Era, which was 98, when he was, well, late 97, going to 98 was when he started the whole campaign of the attitude mm-hmm. I think he could have been like the top one of those top guys in the attitude era okay. to put it, put the attitude era on the map, the map? okay Cause I agree okay I can see that but I, I think honestly in that, that time he probably would have done better being in ECW than the WWE I think he would never have thrived at WCW 
And to think of, an, of another interesting matchup would have been Ken Shamrock versus Kurt Angle. That has like a feud. I don't remember seeing that though. Yeah. No, that would have been a great feud. Um, closing thoughts on Ken Shamrock. You know where I stand. Sorry. Nah. I don't put poo in on all your picks. No, 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 not at all. Just uh, Ken Shamrock. To me personally, is just one of those guys that, to me, was like a, a real fighter that could have gotten bigger than what he was in the WF at the time. Yes, he was part of storylines here and there, but it's just a shame to me that that was one of the guys I wanted to see win the world champion. Even though, don't get me wrong, I wasn't really a fan, like a fan favorite of Ken Shamrock. It's like, oh, Ken Shamrock this, Ken Shamrock that. But he's just one of those guys, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing him with a title and see what he could do with it. He could have had a few with Austin. Yeah. He could have definitely had a few with Austin when Austin was champion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know. I just, I just, like, I just don't see it. I see Taz in a bigger role than I would ever seen Ken Shamrock. Well, because Sh- cause Shamrock didn't have that much wrestling experience than Taz? I don't think, I think he had skill. I just think Taz is better on the mic and more believable as a character. To me. To me. To me. Well, back then, I didn't, I didn't really hear that much of Taz until he did commentary. Oh, that's a shame. Um, all right, well, we, we know how you feel about Ken. Um, Bring back Ken Shamrock. <laughs> well, please don't, because he's got his ass kicked in his last couple of MMA fights that he's had. Um, anyway, so moving on to my pick, if that's okay, sir. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So, so moving on with my pick, I'm going to go with Ravishing Rick. Rude. Yourself? No. Not myself, but, uh, you know, the actual Ravishing Rick, Rude. I think this is a guy who was, like, way over in the WWE, but was never, like, over enough where they put a title on him. Like, a, I should say the WWE or WWF title on him, right? The championship. The heavyweight championship, The big right? one? The big one. He had IC, you know, IC runs, whatever, you know, WCW, he goes, you know, he wins, like, the United States Championship, and then he even gets, like, a world title over there, right? And then, unfortunately, his career has ended short due to a freak accident where uh, in Japan, Sting versus Rick Rude, and Sting does this, like, you know, throw, throws Rick Rude over the ropes, and then, you know, Sting comes off the top rope with, like, a big body splash where there's, like, you know, the ring was set up on this, like, platform, mm-hmm. and, like, on impact where Rick Rude grabs Sting, you can see visibly that, like, he lands awkwardly on this platform, and his, like, back, just, like, you can tell something something funky happened, you know? But, I mean, look, to his credit, he finished the matchup, but it was a career that was cut too short. But a career where in the WWE, I think Rick Rude would have been a heck of a heel WWF champion. And guys like Hulk Hogan didn't want to put him over, right? And what, in WCW or WWE? Well, in WWE. I'm talking about WWF right now. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just gave a little background on the WCW stuff, how his, you know, how his career ended or whatever. But he did get a WCW heavyweight title there. But he didn't get into the WWE, which or the WWF at the time, and you know, which I think is like insane, because he was probably one of the better workers, one of the more entertaining workers. And the fact of the matter is, in the ring, he was better than the majority of the guys they had in the WWE during the eighties and nineties, early nineties, just to say. It was a good character. I love the tremendous characters. Yeah, it, it was Shawn Michaels before Shawn Michaels. 
Absolutely. It was the narcissist before the narcissist. You know what I mean? It was Val Venus before Val Venus. Yeah. No, I, I like the Rick Rue character in WF. I remember he had that run with the icy belt. Uh, he was yes. managed by Bobby Heenan, I believe. Correct. He was also great on the mic. For that time, Tremendous. you probably saw that. And, the, and, and it was sad that, yeah, he, his career got sh- cut short. Again, I didn't really follow WCW that, that much, but I didn't know about that match with Sting. Was, and the tragic thing is that before he passed away, his untimely death, there there was rumblings that he was gonna make an in he was gonna make a return to the ring as an actual on screen wrestler. Not a manager, not a enforcer. you know enforcer, you know insurance policy. Insurance policy exactly. Yes. Um, and you know, unfortunately his career was cut way too short and this is a guy who would have I think would have been one of your better heel champions. And you know, I guess I never saw the character Rick Rude as a face. Um, because I just thought he was such a great heel. I, I just thought for his time, he was ahead of the curve. You like, you know where you mind me of? The Miz. The great heel. Yeah. Edge. Better heel. Randy Triple Orton, H even. Better heel. There's some wrestlers, even Batista, now, Batista, that are just great as a heel ah. that when they turn face, it just, it doesn't work. It's not that it doesn't work, it's just that they're a better heel than a face. Okay. And Rick Rude did have that. And I did watch Rick Rude's work in WF. I didn't watch that much work in WCW, but then watching documentaries and hearing that in the mm-hmm. WWE Network, which is you know available for nine ninety nine. Um He had a good run in WCW as well. And you said he did win the world title over there. He was US champ with the Heyman Alliance. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Austin is part of that group. Mm-hmm. Um, Larry Zabisco. Larry Zabisco. Medusa. Medusa. You know, so thank you for refreshing my mind. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, he had a great run, you know, regardless of how you look at it, he did have a great run. But I just think, you know, this guy had the potential to be just more than a heel INC champion, you know, I just, you know, he, he came from Minnesota, right? And, you know, a lot of great talent came out of Minnesota, right? Kirk, I um, Even X-Pac, right? Once you three kid, right? Minnesota product. And Animal, also a Minnesota product. You know, but the, the shame is that, you know, this guy had great matches and feuds against Jake the Snake, uh, the Ultimate Warrior, and, you know, to be honest, just name a few. To be honest, this is a character that could transcend eras, right? The uh, the character Ravishing Rick Rude isn't something that's just like... A gimmick? The gimmick is not something that just worked in the 80s. You know, you could evolve the gimmick and make it work in the 90s. You can evolve the gimmick and even make it work up into the 2000s. Like, you know, the evolution of a character like that works, much as like The Undertaker, right? The Undertaker's character works because it's evolved every time, right? And that's what makes it work. So I think, like, with Rick Rude, it's very similar, you know? He potentially could have had a longer run in the business had he not had any the injuries that, you know, ended his career short and then his tragic untimely death. 
Um, but yeah, I think Ravishing Rick Rude is someone the WWE should have gotten behind. They dropped the ball. And I think Ravishing Rick Rude would have been not only a guy, but the guy at the top, you know? And I think like a total package. It's a total package. Looks, gimmick, Mike. Mike, everything, you know? And I think him and Hogan. And he would have been a wrestler. Great wrestler. And I think him and Hogan would have had a great feud in, in, in the 90s or even the late 80s for a title, you know? Was, I know he was in WCW. Was, was he somewhere else before WF? Was he Minnesota. AEW? He was in Minnesota, so a- probably AWA. AWA. Yeah, I was Why did I say AEW? AEW, whoa. 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 Chill, Future guys, time yeah, machine. Future time machine. Um, AWA. Cause yeah, yeah, I remember something about he was in AWA. I remember he's good friends with uh, what was Kurt Henning. Kurt Henning. Yep. So I think they trained over there for a little bit. Um, no, his gimmick was definitely great, and I like that he's one of those guys that's a better heel. For sure. Better way. Yeah, of course. So Natural. he could have definitely yeah. gone toe-to-toe with like a Hogan. He just looks slimy. He just looks like the kind of guy who would take your girlfriend much. right underneath your... Uh, uh, I know that feeling. Well, I don't, but... but okay. Um, yeah. Taisha. But anyways, um, he was one of those guys that I could definitely see toe-to-toe with Hogan, Ultimate Warrior. Well, he did have a few Ultimate Warrior. He did, yeah. But, but it was the, the INC champion. Championship. Um... It's just a shame that, again, going back to my theory, but at that time, the Leaf was just going bigger. They thought their bigger guys was the main events, was the stars. And then Ravishy Rick was just a mid-carder. Yeah, and I mean, he was more than just a mid-carder. But then again, I think this goes back to the whole Kerr Henning thing, right? What was the ingredient that was, like, missing there that didn't quite let them get over, you know? Definitely wasn't a size thing, I don't think, Right. Um, because they were good in the ring, but but not even that. Like Rick Rude was like the product of like tall, muscular, like the look, a great gimmick. Like what was the deal? Is it just that there was a pro face that they were not willing to give a heel the title? I I can definitely agree with that because. Even when they gave a heel a title one, it was short because eventually it was set up for the face to win the title back. Remember, in '91, Sergeant Slaughter had the sure the title for like maybe two months. But then also that was because it was setting up for WrestleMania. But we're amidst like a desert war, and that was definitely the gimmick. You know, at the time was perfect, right? Because you even had the Iron Sheik. Timing. You know, so that was perfect timing. So I think that was it. But, you know, I don't think in the early 90s there was a period where they're like, man, the porn stash. You know what I mean? That's the thing. You got to push this, you know, baby. Um, but I think that they could have pushed Rick Rude. And Rick Rude was over. I just I just don't think he was as over as he could have been and should have been way more over than he was. And I think WWE dropped the ball on this one. Or WWF at the time. That's not the first time they dropped the ball, but... Yeah, they dropped the ball. It's it's a running theme. Look, you can only have so many people at the top. I get it. But, you know, some guys are a bit more deserving than others. That's my piece on him. No, no, I agree. I agree with Rick Rude that he should have been more over than what he was. Um, It's just timing. I think he just came in a time that 
It was the Hogan's. It was the Savage. It was the Ultimate Warrior. But even Savage, as he was over, I think Savage was way over. But even Savage didn't get as many title runs as he probably deserved in the WWE. For what, two? Two. Too, too many. Few. <laughs> too, too few. Um, you know what it is with Rick Rude? Maybe WWE was scared. Well, at the time, WWE was scared that, you know, like this guy is great on the mic. He's a great wrestler. He's great with the belt, with the IC belt. It's just, would he flock as the WF champion? Yeah, I mean, look, ultimately, the, the last things I got to say on this is that this is a talent that was wasted and a talent that should have been capitalized on more because even though you could knock WCW for what it was, WCW was a genuine, pure wrestling promotion, and I think they, I think at that time, you know, they, uh, you know, they gave the belt to guys who really deserved it, and I think the WWE didn't give belts just to the guys who deserved it, they just gave it to the guy, you know, and that was Hulk Hogan, and then Hogan left, and then that was the Ultimate Warrior, so, I don't know, you know, the industry has changed, and I think Given the time now, Rick Rude definitely would have been a world champion. Would have been over, over, over. But at that time, I don't think that was the case. He was over, but not over enough. So that's my piece. Yeah, and I agree with you with Rick Rude. Rick Rude was great in the mic, great wrestler. Again, he won the world title with WCW. And let's go back to my theory that WF don't see potential in their wrestlers. And then they drop the ball and then they go somewhere else and they become... A bigger star than yeah. what they are. And that's what happened here. That's definitely what happened here. Um, but all right, enough about Rick Rude. Yeah, enough um, about yourself. I think uh, I think maybe this is a good time to end um, after your pick. Um, of course, uh, I think there's a lot of names on my list, but I think this might call for a two-parter. Let's come back at some other point, reconvene on this topic, because I, I think there's plenty of names that we can shoot off here. But um, you know, let, let let's let's close out with your pick and uh, something a bit more in the now than in the past. And uh, who do you got? What? Because I live in the past. You live in the past a lot, but so do I. That's okay. Okay, okay. I'm like a walking human DeLorean. Mind you, I'm still talking about Friends episodes. I'm still quoting Seinfeld. I always quote Seinfeld. Were you gonna say Swinefeld? Swinefeld. No, I was gonna also talk about um, um, Two and a Half Men. But anyways, you know who hasn't got it over that should be fucking over? Who's that? Woo hoo hoo. Ooh, I think I'm Zach Ryder. Mm. Former US champ, former IC champ, former internet champ. <laughs> now, with the momentum he has gotten years ago. He should have been in the title picture up there with John Cena, up there with Daniel Bryan, Batista when he was there. Zack Ryder's one of the guys that I think should be more than what IC belt or um, US belt caliber. What do you you think about that one? Uh, I, I don't picture... Zack Ryder as a world champion. That I do not. For some reason, like, 
Do I see him maybe taking the belt off a lower tier champion? Maybe someone, maybe if he went one-on-one against The Miz. Maybe if he went one-on-one against Dolph Ziggler. Maybe a Sheamus. You know, um, I, I can see that, right? Taking the belt off someone of that caliber. Um, I don't see him beating a John Cena, beating a AJ Styles, a Roman Reigns, a Brock Lesnar. But do I think he has not been given the kind of push he deserves and the WWE kind of treats him as like a weird stepchild where every once in a while they're going to give him something, but they don't like always go out of their way to reward this person, right? Because I think Zack Ryder is great in the ring. Um, I think he should be pushed way more and used way more than he does. I think Zack Ryder does at some point need to maybe change his character a bit um, or the gimmick a little more. Turn heel? I don't know if turn just heel, but I, I think the whole Long Island, you know, Ice to Z thing needs to stop. Oh, yeah. I, agree. I agree. I think, I think you know, for him to be more, he needs to, like, somehow find a way to evolve the character more than the character he is because I think his character doesn't lend well to being taken serious, right? But I do think the character. I think lends, I'm serious. I don't, man. I, I think I think with that kind of gimmick, U.S. title and intercontinental title are peak for him. That's where I see him. Um, His run should have been when CM Punk was still there. I don't. I think he he could. I look. I think at that point, if we're, we're talking about CM Punk there, then yes, he should have been like thrown into like a main event title match, right? Against uh, CM Punk, definitely not like have a title run. Definitely not win it. Definitely not like have some sort of like meaningful title run. He should have been put more into title matches, but I don't think he who's like deserving of winning the title or at least taking it off a guy like CM Punk. Because I think that was the peak. I think when CM Punk was doing that whole angle with um, he wanted change. Look, Daniel Bryan won the world title. Zack Ryder got the U.S. title from um, The Miz. I think at that time that they should just ride with that. No pun, um, no pun intended. So, yeah, he definitely should have ride with that. He had the support of CM Punk. And at the time, CM Punk was like on fire with that pipe bomb incident and I think with everything that would have happened around CM Punk at the time in the WWE would have definitely boomed everyone's career like a Zack Ryder because my belief was that if it wasn't for CM Punk Zack Ryder wouldn't have got that US title shot at that time he probably would have got it on later on, but not. at that time, I think that's when they were riding Zack Ryder, riding him and riding him. Like, you know what? This is the guy that for the U.S. champ. And then move on to, like, IC champ and then maybe at least get a, I'm not saying the title run, but at least be in the main event picture. Yeah, well, I think that that's kind of the same point I was making, right? Where I don't think he deserved a title. I just think he deserved to be in, like, a higher place in the card, maybe utilized a little more, but also, like, you see, like, yes, as much as CM Punk wanted to promote change, do you think CM Punk would have wanted to uh, drop the belt to Zack Ryder? You know? Like, that's my point. Like, you know, doesn't that diminish the kind of work that he No, not doing? drop the belt, but at least have a match or two with him. So definitely he would have had a, a major feud with CM Punk because 
now, you know, we could have a faith versus faith feud. And it'll be all right compared to back in the day when that was a no-no. And I believe that CM Punk and Zack Ryder would have had a great feud. Even if Zack Ryder didn't win the big one, like we say. And it would have made Zack Ryder's career a little bit more than what it is now. Having that feud with CM Punk at that time. I mean, look, listen, I agree. I, I think, I, I see what you're saying here. Um, but yeah, look, I agree. He definitely should have been utilized more. He should still be utilized more. He shouldn't always be someone who's putting someone else over. You know, but I, th- you know, I, th- I think that at the height of Z-Mania, right, uh, they cut it a bit too short. You know, they shouldn't have, like, thrown him you know, off the stage in a wheelchair when Kane, like, chokeslammed him and did whatever he did, right? Um, if they were trying to further push a story, they did it at his expense, right? Now... Wasn't John Cena part of that story? Yeah, well? yeah, yeah, exactly. Then John Cena kind of avenges, right? So that's, whole... that's when, you know, not to cut you off, that's when I thought, okay, you're bringing John Cena to the storyline. Okay, so it's kind of like means something. But I think John Cena was also advocating for him too at the time. No, he was. To push him. But just, in my opinion, just didn't work out the way that I thought it would have been. Let me me put this, let me put it in this perspective too, right? There's, you get an apprentice, right? You're training this guy. He's he's, he's good. Well, even in what you're doing, right? For career. Um, you take on an apprentice, you show him the ropes, he's great at what he does, you know, his ascension to the top is fast, it's quick, you know, he catches on fast, but there's a promotion. Now, you've been working at this company for years now, you know, you've been trying to, you know, line yourself up for this, you know, new position or whatever, new title, and then let's call him, uh, let's call him Johnny A, right, comes out of nowhere, and people start looking at him and they're like, man, this guy's got a lot of potential, you know? Um, you know, he says all the right things, he does all the right things, you know? Then they ask you, hey, Nestor, look, we're considering him for this promotion, you know? Maybe maybe prior to them saying this to you, you know, you had heard that you were being considered for the promotion. Maybe you're being groomed for this promotion too. That's why maybe they give you guys so you can show them the ropes or whatever. They're like, man, you know, Johnny, man, this guy, you know, uh, he's great. You know, he's good. We're thinking about maybe giving him. Do, do you think he's ready for it yet? Do you, at your expense, right, give it, give up that title that you're in line for or maybe the title you currently have mm. to help someone who's on the rise, on the rise, he's good, Maybe he's maybe he's a little better in certain respects than you. You know, do you push him? Do you give the okay? Yeah, he's he's gonna be your guy now. You know, I'm just gonna take a seat back. He's your guy. What do you do? I think I I would do the take the seat back and give him that push. Like give him the okay. Like listen. But even though you've been working hard for it, and 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 by all rights, it should be yours. Because I've done it before, Ooh. professionally. Oof. Um. Yeah, there was a time that, you know, someone that had better quality than me in that sense, you know, like, you know what? He's 
he was better for that job. That him happened. So I advocated, you know what? I'm going get it. Because at the same time, I was, I was doing like a, yeah, you could say like a W, like a Razor Ramon and Kevin Nash mm-hmm. and WF at the time, called it WCW. I was already on the verge of leaving. You know, like, it doesn't really bother well, me. I mean, fine. that That's fine. But if, but in my example here, you're not you're, you're not leaving. And it's what's best for but how do you know the company. But how do you know you're not what's best for the company? How do you know you're not what's best for business? And, and that's what I think is the same thing that happened there. Like, John Cena is best for business. Not Zach Ryder. You know? It's tough. It's tough to say because... You're about... You're, do you want to be selfish and just think about yourself and... Maybe go on with that, you know, to get that spot and then you flop? Or do you want to just play it safe and, like, listen, this guy has more than, than me and I have a key for this guy and this guy could definitely take this to another level? But what if, but what if you're established already, you know, and, you know, you potentially are going to miss an opportunity to better yourself, you're gonna give it to someone else. But Why you, shouldn't you but be you the just guy? Said I'm established already. Yeah, but you don't have that title that he's pushing for, or that they're considering him for. You know, you have your hands right around the brass ring. Are you gonna give it up? It's hard to say because potentially you sitting taking a step back means less revenue, means less spotlight. You know what I mean? Maybe you know you don't get the same opportunities afterwards. Because we definitely seen that happen on like in, on WWE television. For sure. Someone steps back, someone like you know loses their title. Uh, I should say their title, but they lose their their place, and then all of a sudden you don't hear from them anymore, and, and they're not propelled and catapulted in a spotlight spotlight you know put in the spotlight the same way. It's hard to say. It's well, you would do the right things, basically the point. No, I would have done what's best for because now this now, now this now this podcast has become a psych uh, you know psych evaluation of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it. it. Sounds like you motherfucker. <laughs> but whatever. Um, We're trying to get sponsors. We're going back to Zack Ryder. Yeah, not John you anymore. Cena. Let's let's enough about me. John Cena advocating for Zack Ryder means something. First of all, CM Punk advocating for sure. Zack Ryder was something because at the time, CM Punk was hot. CM yeah, Punk was everywhere. Yeah, and WWE really knew what they were doing with that pipe bomb segment. They 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 thought it wasn't gonna bloom to anything. They was like, you know what? Let's give this a try, and it turned out to be something bigger than what it was because it got even outside ears talking like. Even the USA Network outside of the the raw product, um, ESPN talking about it, um, media, Facebook, got their you know Instagram, Twitter, like is really leaving. But let me ask you a question, right? Does advocating for someone necessarily mean that you're saying they're deserving of a better place? on the roster your place on the roster or does that just mean that this guy should be more involved he should be involved in bigger feuds 
he should be involved in the main title picture, but doesn't necessarily mean he needs to win. What does that mean to you? No, someone advocating for somebody else in the wrestling business doesn't really mean that, okay, this guy should be the next world champion. should be that this guy should get more exposure in the company. And that this guy has the potential to be one of the top names for your company. But not as, not always as the world champion. Well, I, um, you know, I think what I'm going to say here is that, look, I do believe Zack Ryder deserved to be way more over than he was, and the WWE didn't utilize him the way they should have. But I also think Zack Ryder has changed his character bits and pieces here. But I don't think it's made like a, a, a significant change because like a significant gimmick change for me was like, you know, uh, Mike Rotunda into like, you know, the character of Bray Wyatt, right? Um, and you saw how that worked for him, right? Uh, I would say another one would have been like Christian into Christian, but the peeps like gimmick, right? Um, Let's see, who's like another character too? Uh, Daniel Bryan. You know, I think that's another guy who's like found ways to kind of change his character a bit, right? Uh, the Undertaker is another one. Well, that one stands out, I think. You know, he, he, he keeps evolving. I'm trying to think of like a smaller, like, scale wrestler character that, that's definitely done that. Well, not a small scale, but John Cena done it. Well, yeah, I mean, ruthless aggression to ergonomics, and then yeah. yeah, you know, but but you know, but what I'm saying is, you know, I think Zack Ryder needs to like become a heel, evolve his character, and add a bit more dimension to it before he can do anything. And look, there's still plenty of time on the clock for him, right? You know, this isn't necessarily the like the last years of of. Uh, Zack Ryder's career potentially they could be you never know it's on the pipeline horizon for him but I do think he got as over as he could get I do think um, on his own and you know sometimes the WWE frowns on that right when it's not the machine that's backing you up but you know I do think that they should accept that look if a gimmick gets over on its own or on their own or because you push them if they're over you're over don't fight it be with it, give the people what they want, and, you know, you never know what that might, you know, yield in results for you. But my closing thought on this is that, yes, I think he should have been utilized more. He should be on TV way more than he is. I don't think he should just be a jobber. I do think, you know, he should be running around with, like, some Midtown, uh, Midtown, uh, Midcar titles. <laughs> Mid- they said Midtown. I thought, I said Midtown. Um, although we're recording this downtown. Um, but I do believe he should have been more involved, you know, with, with more mid-card title runs. And yes, he should have been maybe involved in some bigger main event title, uh, you know, matches or main event picture. But I just never, I can't picture him with the big one around his waist. That's Well, not now, but even before. But uh, I mean, like, give him a bigger push. Give him some time. And eventually, I think he could get up to that world title caliber. So, closing thoughts on Zach before uh, we wrap up. I could see him going one on one with an AJ Styles. 
or uh, well, John Cena's not wrestling full time right now, but a John Cena. Uh, CM Punk is no longer here, but a CM Punk. But let me ask you a question, Ben. He's in these matches, and yes, I agree. But does he go over? Does he go over, or do I want to see him go over? Either or, both. No, I would love to see him go over. Come on. Um, to me, Zack Ryder is like the underdog that you want to see go over. Like, win. Like, I re- I could relate to Zack Ryder because he's like the underdog. You know, it's just he has it, but people don't see it. That's how I feel about myself sometimes. Like, I have it, but, you know, just people don't see it. Either I don't want to just show it or, you know, people just don't see it. Mm-hmm. That's how I see Zack Ryder. Like, I just think people don't see it quite yet. Well, some people, because I see it. Yeah. That he has the potential of being in the main storylines at the top with WF champion or WWE champion at the time. As, I mean, this time. Universal. Well, right now with Brock Lesnar, you know, if Zev Rollins wins the belt, he could definitely go against Zev Rollins. So, my thoughts is that um, in the near future, I would love to see Zack Ryder in the top storylines and in the main event matches. All right. Well, that uh, I respect your opinion there. Um, I think we agree a little on this, but also disagree. But that's okay. You know? Um, I think there are a lot of names that we can mention, you know? And I don't know if it's just me, but I definitely want to revisit this topic. And for me, I definitely have a long list of names, but, you know... I think something like this does require us to maybe break it apart so we don't just like bore If you want more that. names, I got you more names. All right. Well, I do want more names, and I raise you names with more names. Okay. And, uh, you know, I think this was, a, this was a great, interesting topic. You know, I, I don't think this is something that uh, would die. <laughs> well, I, I also don't think this is like a topic that a lot of podcasts cover or anyone ever mentions, really, you know, so... You know, this is this is what we like to do. We like to dissect things, and you know, next time around, you know, we're, we'll I think we'll you know we'll be on a roll, and we'll be in a room that's quieter. You know, just uh, our our recording place of last time was not available to us, but uh, you know, either way, we're here to try to produce quality content, and we just want people to follow, give us a chance, let your friends and family and you know mistresses know, and um, you know, stay tuned. Um, but yeah, but this is uh, this is ravishing Rick. You know, just saying thanks for tuning in. Uh, over or not, and the cerebral uh, analyst signing off. And you know, math. And until next time, you know, stay tuned, stay with us, and keep following. All right.